Cordell, can you come into my office for a second? Oh, um, yeah. Come on, yeah, man. Oh, Don't worry. Oh, just sit down. Okay. okay. Sit down. I didn't. I didn't know we had hey. offices, but I'm. Oh, this is a nice chair. What do you think you're doing? What do you what? think you're doing? Trying to fire me off my own show? What I, I thought, I thought this was our show. No. Okay. It's been mine since the beginning. Do you think this show would be anywhere close to what it is? Without the success of Cordell Guesses a Picture. Okay, that's the only reason this show is alive, okay? Why and I had to kill, kill it. it. Why? No, I had to kill it because sometimes you got to kill what makes you successful, okay? I'm so scared. Think about Of Mice and Men, okay? They killed what made the book work. Well, that's the point of the book. Shut up and start the music. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Just Super, where we analyze, criticize, and otherwise size up superhero fiction. No story is off limits, and no medium is safe. I'm Cordell, the guy who forgets that Caleb can be legitimately scary at times. And I'm Caleb, the the boy who also forgets that he can be scary at times. <laughs> yeah, so if, if any of you have have that natural, visceral reaction like I do to getting told off, that was a bit. Everything's okay. It's a. It's a hundred percent. No, it's a hundred percent a bit. And um, no, it's very funny because like I don't know if Cordell was part of this discussion the other day, but we have so for our other podcast, not wonderful. We have a Discord server. Um, if you like just super and you like us, all the people in there are also really cool. You can join if you want. It's got Sammy and Drew as well. Sammy and Drew are both in there. So. My my fiance is in there, and my fiance and a few other people started having a discussion about how I look scary most of the time. Caleb, like you've heard of RBF, Caleb has like RMF, like resting menacing face. Menacing, yeah. Okay. Like you, I, I I haven't heard it in that phrase before. Like no. your 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 resting face is just a little bit I. I could hurt you. And you're, you know, even when you're not thinking a thing, you could just be like looking at the weather and you're like, the clouds are pretty. But your face is like, I've never wanted to stab a cloud before. It's like, so last summer, it was, was it last summer? It was some point last year. I was hanging out with Cordell in his new apartment and we decided we were going to watch all the Godzilla movies that had just come out like I the thought, past few years. I thought you hated them. Because when I watch a movie and I really am like trying to focus on it and get everything, I don't emote. I don't make emotions, except in theaters where I'm just like a little kid. Um, And so I was just like watching the movie and like staring intently at the screen. And then Cordell was like, I'm sorry, I don't think you like it. But I was like, no, it's fine. And then I left. I went home and then I just tweeted godzilla kicks butt i'm not gonna say the actual word i said because i don't want to get excelsior but godzilla kicks butt and then he was like oh thank god you liked it 
It's kind of in the same way Caleb has tried to show me movies before, only to look over and see me playing a game on my phone while I watch. And yeah. I, that is Caleb's version of that. Is like, you don't like it? I'm like, no, I just have to do two things or I will die. I feel that. I feel that. Yeah. Like, I'm always doing a secondary action, whatever I'm doing. If I'm watching TV, I'm probably, like, playing Magic on the internet or maybe, like, playing a game on my phone. I even do it in church, and I did it in classes when I was in college. Like, I can't just sit and listen. I have to have something occupying some small part of my brain that needs to be active. Speaking of things that are active, I guess that's the segue I'm taking. You're doing a lot of stretchy segues these days. Hey, listen, it's more fun for me this way. Speaking of things that are active... Yeah, I'm not going to go for that joke. Speaking of things that are active this week. Well, I got it. I got it. Speaking of yeah, things yeah, that are okay. active, another thing that is active is an active ingredient, which is the thing in a medicine that actually does the work. And you know what a lot of times is an active ingredient? A thing from a plant. And you know, you know who does plants? Poison ivy. Easy, easy. That's a that, super. That made that was the that connection segue. was obvious to everybody. Everyone, yeah. Knew. Like you really connected the dots. Oh yeah, I made it. Yeah, I made a constellation, and it was Orion. Straight line. Hey Cordell, do you want me to tell you about when she first appeared? Because... I want. I want nothing more than that. All right. So Poison Ivy first appeared April 19th, 1967. This is kind of an older character for the Batman's rogues gallery. Uh, and she was created by Robert Ganniger, Ganniger or Ganniger. One of those two. Robert Ganondorf and Sheldon Moldoff. Now, Sheldon Moldoff was like artist for a lot of like Batman's rogues galleries original form. So, you know. Cool. You know, a little connection. Well, that works because she's a Batman rogue. She is a Batman rogue. We didn't say that up front. This is part of Batman's rogues gallery. Yeah. Um. Are you ready for her character origin? Yes, because I'm curious which one you're doing. So just to put it out there, again, with the new 52 changing everything always, I went with... The New 52 version. I did not look okay. at her original stuff. I kept it with New 52. Unless there's a huge notable distinction. The real difference here between New 52 and original is that the New 52 leaned on her um, being a... I can't know. I don't remember if she's bi or a lesbian, but they lean on it more from the get-go in the New 52, whereas in the comics originally it took them a long time to kind of get to there they just had her from the get-go here and originally she only really could do like i can poison you and do pheromones but now she has like full control over plants yeah so that's like the main differences um and then the characterization follows from there she has a much more concise origin here but it's still a doozy so are you ready to hear about it caleb Hit me with this concise and clear origin story. Okay. Pamela Isley, that's her name, was born with a skin condition that made the sun damage her skin. Kind of like Powder from the movie Powder. She also had an abusive father and a mother who loved to garden and got more flowers every time her husband would hit her. 
Dang. Oh. It's going to get darker. I promise. Oh, gosh. Eventually, her father killed her mother and buried her in the flower bed that she had loved so much. Oh, my gosh. He was sent to prison, and Pamela went to college, where she started dating a budding eco-terrorist and selling designer pheromone drugs. Uh, do we know anything more about this budding eco-terrorist? So, her name is... Bella Garten. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Which... I love how on-the-nose DC is about everything like, ah, Pamela Isley, future Poison Ivy, dated a girl whose last name was Garten. Oh, and Bella, like, like, Belladonna, right, Belladonna? Belladonna, yeah. That's a plant, right? I don't know if it's a plant. Let me look it up. If it's not, then I'm just dumb. That's a studio album by Stevie Nicks. We like Stevie Nicks on this shit. We, we really do love yeah. Stevie Nicks. Belladonna is a plant. Ha ha. Huh. There's just no space okay. in Belladonna. So Stevie Nicks took the plant name and was like, it's a girl name now. Get it? Oh. Good job, Stevie. 10 out of 10, Stevie. Anyway, on the nose naming, she starts dating this drug, this eco-terrorist lady. We don't really, I don't know what happened to her, but... She gets found out for selling these designer drugs, and they're like, we're going to expel you because you can't sell drugs. And then she had the dean under her thumb because I guess he had a drug habit, and she was a sexy seductress kind of gal. So the dean was Dang. like, no, you're not expelled. And actually, when you graduate, I'm going to get you a nice job at a Wayne Enterprises subsidiary doing research on plants. Dang. Yeah. Oh, and uh, she visited her dad in prison and secretly poisoned him by kissing him on the lips. Mmm, wax lips. That was the weirdest response you could have had to... I was... But you said kiss him on the lips. And my brain instantly went to the Batman and Robin movie. Okay, okay. And there's a point where Robin... Where Poison Ivy uh, kisses Robin on the lips, trying to, like, seduce him. And he just pulls away and he rips off a, fair, a pair of wax lips and goes, oh, wax lips. And I think of that every time. Like, sometimes wow. my fiance will kiss me and my first thought is, ooh, ooh wax, wax lips. lips. I have never seen that movie. It's and so I am bad. so excited to get there. I'm oh so gosh. excited. But <clears throat> that just wasn't the response I thought you'd have to... Uh, this woman kissing her father on the lips in prison to kill him. Yeah, but now you know why I had that okay, thought yeah. is because you said poison ivy and kissing, and my first thought is always, ooh, wax lips. That's fair. That's fair. So after she got her job at this subsidiary of Wayne Enterprises, I think it was like Kane Chemical or something like that, the Riddler takes over the city? I dig. There was a storyline where the Riddler, like, took over Gotham and mm-hmm. stole the accelerated plant growth research she was working on, turned the city into a literal concrete jungle, like, plants growing everywhere, chaos. And he was like, hi, I'm the Riddler. Solve my riddle. After that was sorted out, Pamela made the hilariously stupid choice of looking Bruce Wayne in the eye and saying, hey, I can cut your advertising costs by 100% by 
using pheromones to manipulate your clients. Let me do this. She was like, wild. She was like, you won't have to advertise anymore if I use pheromone control to get people to use you. And he was like, that's brainwashing. You're fired. And told her that she couldn't have any of her stuff because Wayne Enterprises owned her research. So basically, hey, you're a freak. Get out. Don't brainwash people. Wild. She got mad at that and right? broke past security to get her research to get her special plant chemicals. And she got them. Miracle grow. And then her miracle grow basically spilled it on her. She got these chemicals all doused all over her. And that turned her into a metahuman. And from there, her general trajectory has been to be a nominal eco-terrorist. She does almost no real eco-terrorism other than using the ecology to brainwash people. Anyway, and then she goes and just makes some of the most ethically uncomfortable choices I've seen a character make in a long time. She she makes my skin crawl a little bit, but it's your turn to talk. All right, so if we're going to talk about base powers and changes made, her base powers originally was just like pheromones and yeah. poison. Like she was it. just she was just immune to poison and was very good at mixing pheromones and poisons. Yeah. Her powers added since she is a genius. I think that was there in the beginning too. She's just a genius. She's a brilliant botanist and toxicologist. She has what is called chlorokinesis, which is what allows her to control the plants. She's a master seductress. Mm-hmm. She has what is called toxikinesis, the ability to control toxins Generate and toxins and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is immune to all toxins. Wild. And she has a semi-mystical connection to the green that they haven't really explored that much. Right? They're just like, hey, you're connected to the green. But not like Swamp Thing, but kind of like yeah, Swamp no. Thing. Yeah. 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 And like all of, like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. These are really cool. These are really cool powers. Oh, so dope. Like, I, like there, there is nothing I love more than cool powers. But. Yeah. I will talk about this more later. As cool as her powers are, they just don't use them. Yeah, we'll, we're definitely we'll, we'll going to get into that in a bit. But it's time for the... Just Super Sense Corner! Where we put the sense in nonsense. Hello everyone, it's Cordell, the science bell. That's right, I'm a pretty lady for this one. For this week's Science Corner, I'm going to look into one of Poison Ivy's most famous powers, one of her, one of the things she does commonly through plants and such, mind control and and kissing, and kissing. Yeah, she kisses real good, that's science. Goodbye, everybody. Mm -hmm. Here's a five-step tip. Cordell, just go ahead and give him the five steps to good kissing. Oh, you want the five steps to good kissing? Okay. Yeah. Um... So step one, you got to get the right split. People don't talk about the split enough. You got like, we're talking like, is it 50-50? Is it 80-20? 70-30? 40-60? Are you making them close the gap? You got to feel the situation and lean in the right amount to indicate desire to kiss 
to give them the room to respond. If you lean too close, you could be a little too pushy, little too little too on the nose about it. They're like, I don't want to kiss you, but now I have to, you know. But if you don't lean in enough, they're like, oh, is that you? You want to you want to kiss? So you got to work on the right split. That's step one. Have I told you about Olivia and I's first kiss? Because that's not how it went. <laughs> no, but you two have been on overdrive turbo speed relationship. You've been speed running that sucker. So Hell yeah. I imagine yeah, I imagine you just like flew together like magnets. No. So I went to like unlock my car and then I went to like turn and be like, I guess I can walk you to your car. And when I turned to like look at her, she grabbed my coat collars yep. and just pulled me in. That's Olivia. I love it. It's like, yeah, it's big Olivia energy. You great. and Olivia have the best relationship speedrun strats I have ever seen. Yeah, it's she pretty much takes the lead. And I'm just like, yes, this is what I wanted. You two from the get go have just been like, this is awesome. Let's keep going. Let's great. And I love it. But do you want me to finish the last four steps of kissing or just move on? to the No, no, no. I just wanted to try and punish you a little bit. Okay, just so you know. Step five is judicious application of tongue, but I will let you guess the other three. Oh my gosh. I need a whole podcast episode over the phrase judicious application of tongue. I'm just saying, people put tongue too high up on the list. There's a lot of technique you got to master before you approach tongue. Accurate. Anyway. Tell me about mind control instead. Yeah, so throughout her history, good old Pam has mind controlled a lot of people with pheromones and plant mumbo jumbo. So I asked a simple question, Caleb. Mm -hmm. Can you mind control people with plants? Huh. With experience of certain things, I feel like there's more reason to say yes than no. That's interesting. Also, hilariously, I just realized we're releasing this episode on 420. Yo! So I'm, I'm going to come out and say it. This is not about weed. <laughs> this is not about marijuana. Weed. No, but I oh. just, it occurred to me just now that this episode is coming We're doing Poison out. Ivy on 420. We're doing That's Poison so Ivy on 420. That is so good. Ah. I picked the wrong science quarter, but we're going to go forward. My research led me to a specific chemical called scopolamine, or devil's breath. Ooh, tell me about the devil's breath. So this chemical, <clears throat> and devil's breath is what they call it when it's been like ground up into a powder, kind of cocaine and crack cocaine, you know the difference? Yeah. So, devil's breath is when it's ground real fine, but... It is produced by various nightshade plants and has been used as a medicine to treat like motion sickness and vomiting, kind of a little bit of an anesthetic, a little bit of like it just kind of dulls your senses, right? Okay. But it has gained an urban legend status too, where it's supposedly been used to drug people who then gleefully agree to getting robbed and then wake up later with no recollection of what happened. Weird. Okay, wait. It, so is there any, like, fact behind this urban legend? We'll get there. We'll get there. There's there's a little bit of fact, but there's also a whole lot of people talking and telling tales. Yeah. So 
the idea is basically this drug, this drug, this chemical lets you mind control people. You you get it in their system either by spiking their drink, or some people have even told stories of they'll they'll go up to you and be like, "Hey, I need directions," and they'll open a map. This must be before phones. They open a map and blow, gently blow some of the powder into your lungs from the map, and mm-hmm. then you're mind controlled, baby, and you'll like go withdraw all your savings from your bank account at the atm and give it over that's the way these stories go and it it gets crazier than that too conspiracy theorists have even claimed that the drug can be used as a truth serum and to mind control people usually by the cia that's right yeah there's uh to get to get real here do you remember the uh wow again topical do you remember the uh, Batman movie shooting. Yes, I do. There were conspiracy theories that the dude had been controlled by the CIA to do that, to like keep his dad from testifying or some junk, whatever. But they think that the CIA used this chemical to do it. Interesting. Yeah, I had never heard of that. It's it's a deep it's a deep cut, but it's out there. Um. The truth of the matter, though, is not nearly as exciting. It is a relatively common drug used in some parts of South America, such as Bogota, Colombia, where an emergency clinic reported that from like 1998 to 2004, 13% of uh, admissions uh, were attributed to scopolamine. So like a good little over... Tenth of the people they were treating in this, like, hey, I've been drugged maliciously. Uh-huh. They used this chemical. Okay. But that's mostly just a robber hearing these stories, and they're like, oh, if if I roofie them with scopolamine, they'll may- be more compliant to my robbery. Okay. So even though... So basically, with Devil's Breath... There's the urban legend yeah. that, oh, you can mind control people. And there are some stories that may make it seem that way. Yeah, because it's it's essentially another variation of Rohypnol. Like, I'm sure I'm chemically oh, okay. I'm sure I'm yeah. chemically wrong about that, but the gist of it is it will make people less aware, a little bit more agreeable. It it's just going to put them in a place where they have less faculties to deal with what you're doing. Gotcha. Um, it's also been used for like kidnappings and assaults. So it's it has been used, but like it can cause a little bit of memory loss and sleepiness. It's not the brainwashing devil's breath of urban legend. Gotcha. And that makes sense. Yeah, it's just a bad thing blown out of proportion causes a great urban legend. Exactly. Also, the steps two, three, and four for kissing are lip pressure, hand placement, and ferocity. Moving on. But we're not going to explore ferocity? I think it's pretty clear to anyone who's done a little bit of kissing what ferocity implies here. How how intense are you going to be about this? Like, is this going to be, oh, this is nice, gentle kissing, or is this like kissing with intent? Well, we could keep going, but then we may have to change... It to an explicit tag. Yeah, I kind of hilariously, I would love to just sit here and talk with you for an hour about kissing, but we should move on to the team affiliations. Tell me about the teams. Okay, 
So while not necessarily a team, Poison Ivy is connected to the green and to all characters who are connected to the green. So that's worth pointing out. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also been in the Birds of Prey, the Secret Society of Supervillains, the Justice League United, and has worked for Wayne Enterprises. Nice. Yeah. Also, for anyone not in the know, the green is like the mystical source of plant life in the DC universe. Yeah, it's pretty. It's it's kind of like one of those weird things where it's like the idea of like there's the Flash Force or like the whatever it's called for the Flash. The speed I don't force. remember. The speed force. Yeah, it's like oh, there's the speed force, and then they had to have a speed force for everything. But the green is actually one that I kind of dig. So not gonna Caleb, lie, Caleb. You say oh, they had to have a they had to have a speed force for everything. Oh, you, I know. There was like a, a strength force. No, and a you don't know. Force. You don't know just how accurate that is. How many forces there are. Is there a mind force? There probably is. I think we talked about this on the Flash episode, so I don't want to retread this ground. Do, do you want to hear about our family? I would love to. Yeah, shut me up. Shut me right up. So she has unnamed parents. They're never named in any of her origins. And they're dead they all wind up dead in the origins one's in a flower bed one's probably buried in a pauper's grave now the fun part wait they wouldn't leave her in a flower bed would they they did they dig her up yeah they would they would okay dig her up. yeah they're both in yeah. graves yeah she actually has four children slash creations yeah this is one of those ethically uncomfortable things i was mentioning earlier yeah so there's rose hazel thorn and white mercy that sounds like a band white mercy it really does and i feel like i either want to talk about this now unless it's your lamest moment i i uh touch on it in my lamest moment but like I can just point to the sign and say, yeah, we already talked about it. That's really lame. So go ahead yeah. and give me all the info. Oh, I don't have a lot of the info. I want you to hit me with it. Okay. So basically, she at one point is like working at the botanical garden in Gotham. And she's like, hmm, I'm really curious about combining human and plant DNA, as I myself am very planty. And so she does. And it. It, the, the, the description on DC.fandom implied that she, like, impregnated herself with these, these sporlings, as they're called, because she says that she delivered her sporlings in secret. So I have to assume she, like, impregnated herself, but... Oh, goodness. They are, they are straight-up plant-person hybrids. That she decided to create. And they have an accelerated growth pattern. And then like one of her colleagues was like, huh. Because that was Hazel and Rose. One of the colleagues was like, I'm going to do my own secrets. Because I have cancer and need to live forever. And so he made Thorn. And then Thorn, Hazel, and Rose all went off to go explore the world together. Yeah. And then I don't know about the, the White Mercy. But like she just created human plant hybrids without knowing the outcome yeah like she was playing god hard and it was like yeah you became teenagers in a couple of weeks well actually it was a matter of months but like you became teenagers in a couple months go see the world that's it's ethically questionable at least like 
we have a lot of debates about this kind of subject in the real world. And she just went and comicked it up easily yeah. and casually. And then s- no one seems to address it. Yeah, that's not that's not great, DC. Like that, like it's, I would not say it's a pay for your sins moment. Well, though. it's I don't think it's even like bad storytelling outside of the fact that they don't explore the ethical question. Like she makes human plant babies. And that's a pretty standard fare sci-fi comic booky thing. But they don't explore what that means. They don't explore what that means for the babies. They don't explore what that means ethically. Like, they just kind of have her do it, and then the kids go off on their own to see the world. That's what I don't Hmm. like. I would, but I would not fault, I wouldn't, I'm not going to fault the writers for that, though. Because that's also a hard thing to explore, especially in the comics format. But Especially when no one has a direct answer well you know but that's the point of sci-fi right like the point of sci-fi is to ask these questions of what what does it mean to be human when we can blur the lines of what a human is now that brings up an interesting debate that we're gonna actually have to get out in a few episodes out from now with the Cordell and Caleb renamed the genre is how much sci-fi are we qualifying as also superhero fiction. That is very interesting. And I think it'll depend on the other themes inherently in the piece. But like, this is pretty hard in sci-fi. Like, outside of her weird yes, green connection, is. Poison Ivy is very sci-fi. So, yeah. I understand them bringing up the subject. But I would argue that while you can reach, while a writer can go, hey, here's everything I could think. I'm not going to give you an answer because this is a hard subject. I have I respect that. I don't know how much I respect. Hey, this seemed like a fun comic plot. I'm not going to explore any of the ethical ramifications and neither are you. I think that's lazy. That's yeah. why I do blame the writers cuz they took they took a thing that could have been really fascinating to watch, especially for a character who's been through as much as her, like they could have dealt with themes of motherhood themes of overcoming or living through the cycle of abuse that she went through they could have explored just what it means to be human what are these plant babies that grow rapidly like how do they feel what is their experience would like they could have explored so much here and really brought home all of the stuff she's gone through familially but instead swamp thing comes and helps her beat up another plant animal hybrid and then her kids go see the city yeah it's, it is kind of gross feeling. Right. I'll, I'll at least put it that way. It's gross because they don't take the time to handle it with care, I think is where yeah. I've landed. Yeah. Uh, you want to talk about some amorous entanglements? Tell me all about them ammo entangos, because I think there's another interesting conversation coming up. Yes. Uh, and I can either talk about it now, or I can reserve it for the la- for the lamest moment. Um. We'll see what happens. Yeah. So at different points, obviously, she's only really had four love interests total in the comics. She's in, she's seduced a lot of people, but actual like love interest. Yeah. Uh, Harley Quinn, which everybody kind of knows about and talks about. Catwoman, which everyone kind of knows about and talks about. Batman. Which everyone kind of like, knows and talks knows about. about and talks about and Bella Garten, who we mentioned earlier. I am thrilled 
that there is LGBTQ representation in comics. Listener, just so you know, I edited it out, but there was a pregnant pause before the conversation continued. There was a good moment of us both going, okay, and then moving forward. I need you to know that. Yeah. I am frustrated, though, because throughout her history, she has flip-flopped back and forth straight by lesbian. She's gone through the whole spectrum. There is nothing wrong with that. A lot of people do that. That is, sexuality is a spectrum. It is not a stagnant thing. Some people, it is extremely fluid. However, that was not a character choice made by the writers. That was some writers deciding she was straight and retconning it to bi and retconning it to lesbian and going back and forth and arguing with each other. That was it. Yeah. And I... I hate to say it, but like, I feel like some of this is maybe not explicit, but maybe internalized homophobia coming out on some of the parts of the writers. I mean, probably just like a lot of her characterization is internalized sexism coming out on the part of the writers. Exactly. And I mean, that's like the whole thing is that like, I mean, even look at the fact that she is a redhead that's like a whole thing is that redheads have been sexualized more than most other hair like redheads and blondes are the two that are most likely to get sexualized they made her a redhead that can seduce men just by looking at yeah and i mean also not to we can't prove this but i'm willing to bet the first time she started seeing harley or catwoman it was a writer going this would be hot more yes. so than a writer going, this yeah. would be a meaningful character decision. Yeah. So it's, we can't, and I don't want to assume motivations on the part of these writers, right. but I think they kind of show their hand a little bit. Yeah. And listeners, I'm always going to be a little bit critical of LGBTQ representation, not because I don't think it should be there, but because I think if it's going to be there, it needs to be well-written and meaningful. Like, there's enough of an uphill battle that you don't want to waste time, like, writing these characters in a way that isn't meaningful or impactful. Yes. Yeah. I think it's, (laughs) you know, at least saying something, even queer people can be bad people. Yeah. You know, like... I guess at the very least, if she's... If which which also gets into a weird discussion about how almost every Disney villain is queer-coded, but we're not going to get into that. Yep. Yeah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, no but is, I'm not going to get into that. Villains are notoriously queer-coded. That's all I'll say. Um, yeah, this is a anyway, hairy conversation. We should probably... We'll, we'll, we'll shelf it for now. Yeah. We'll revisit it for later. We are not running from it. We are simply making sure we are... Uh, if we're going to tackle queer representation in comics, we should probably have done a good bit of prep. I feel like this gets into an idea that we've talked about before with like concept episodes. Yeah. I feel like we could do a concept episode over queer representation in comics. However, if we do that, we need to have guests that more encompass... The LGBTQ spectrum, because while I pan, that's only one perspective of it versus, you know, everything like that. But Caleb, 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 uh-huh. I'm a cis straight white guy. I'm about as like attuned to the queer community as anybody. I know everything. 
Hey, you want to hear about the retcons? <laughs> she's had three different origin stories. Um, <laughs> that was a joke. I promise everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Poison Ivy has had three different origin stories. And when I tell you that all three of them are like shades of the same... Yeah. They're all three shades of the same. All three boil down to bad parents, goes to college, learns, works at Wayne Tech, and then okay. boom, bam, boom. Okay. However, there's the connection to the green versus just a super smart scientist versus everything else, every other iteration of her that they've tried to do. Most of the retcons are writers deciding how far her characters, or like her powers can go. Yeah. That... And she flip-flops between anti-hero and villain more than most other characters. Like, it's kind of frustrating to, like, deal with. Because you're dealing with somebody who's, like, supposed to be an eco-terrorist. But then also they turn around and they're like, no, I'm just trying to save the Earth. And then she's an anti-hero saving the Earth for a bit. And then she's back to eco-terrorist. And it's just... It, It seems that they just don't know what to do with her. Yeah. Like, they don't seem to have a good grasp on who she really is, because she changes wildly depending on writer to writer and adaptation to adaptation. Absolutely. (sighs) But at least one of those, I think we've... I don't know where we stand on New 52. Is it a retcon? Is it not? I, you know, I think I've gotten to the point where I don't think the new 52 counts as retcons unless it's like something egregious where it's like, Oh, the old character and the new character both exist in the same timeline. How did that happen? Yeah. Unless it's Wally West. That's the only times where I'm like, let's, yeah, uh, that's the only time where I'm just like, let's look into this a little bit. Okay. Then her connection to the green, I'm pretty sure is a new 52 invention. Mm -hmm. So I think we don't have to have that on the retcons list. Sounds good. Cordell, what's your coolest moment for Poison Ivy? So, as much as this goes along with one of my least favorite story choices they ever made for her, it's still pretty dope. She uh, once managed to get most of the planet under her mind control via the plants they ate. Doesn't make sense. But that included Superman. And she sent Superman and maybe Wonder Woman. I can't remember who else, but she sent them to fight Batman to stop him from taking her down. And that's pretty dope. That is. That is very dope. Yeah. What's yours? Uh, an openly queer character. That's yeah. a really cool moment. That's dope. Like, that's a, we don't get those very often. It's here. Yeah. Yay. We did However, it. We got our one. <laughs> That's representation, I'm gonna, baby. I'm going to dive into the lamest moment real quick yeah, and it. just bring do up it. two separate points because it hits earlier on the thing we were talking about with queer representation. Yeah, There have been a few moments in the comics where they do what I'm, I've am i seen it referred to online. This is not an original Caleb Burley uh, word. They're straight washing her same way like you whitewash a tune you straight wash a character. Okay. And they have had her claim in a few different comics I that uh, the whole liking girls things was just a little bit of a phase. Okay. And that's probably their way of going back that's and prob- forth. Yeah. And that's the kind of flip-flopping that kind of just made me angry. Uh, 
wasn't a fan. And it hurts the character, too. It really like, does. It, it weakens her character. Like, she, Poison Ivy, from everything I've seen, is very strong-willed, very opinionated, very intentional. Like, she doesn't waste time. Yes. So I don't I don't buy her being like, oh, yeah, I just don't know. And I just had a little phase here and there. I feel like she knew for a long time. So yeah. it's just I don't like that they flip flop and straight wash her. What's your lamest moment? Her ethics. Like, I, I OK, I get that she's a bad person. Mm hmm. So the lamest moment isn't necessarily that a bad person did bad stuff because that's what they do. It was that she does bad stuff and they never explore what it should talk about. Like, she tried to manipulate Clayface into marrying her so she could have a bodyguard, which Mm. is all kinds of messed up. And I don't think they ever covered it. But, like, that's awful. She brainwashed the whole world to create peace. And they were like, huh, neat storyline. Moving on. She blended plant and human DNA to make babies. Like points to sign earlier. Points to sign earlier. So like, and just all the stuff we've talked about with her queer representation and everything. Like it seems that they do a lot with this character very haphazardly, without thinking of the ramifications that would make that would take her stories from generic comic book schlock to like a list concepts and explorations, and they just they yeah. don't seem to care about what she means i mean she's she's supposed to be an eco-terrorist and she has not in the new 52 that i've seen at any point done anything to meaningfully attempt to make the planet actually better yeah i i think it's interesting but i also think it's i think there is another discussion to have with this which is how much of it is possible sexism on the part of the writers Mm -hmm. that they won't explore the ethics questions with female characters versus male characters where they tend to, there tend to be more, I think percentage wise male characters tend to get more ethical dilemma plot lines. That's fair. Um, And I think that's, I I think that's something I don't, there may be zero evidence Mm -hmm. to support that. I think it might be something worth looking into when we talk about representation in comics is, yeah. you know, there could be a con there. I feel like I want to give the whole episode to someone else for the sexism in comics. Yeah. Episode, yeah. I really, we, we need to be very, very quiet for that yeah. episode. And then I will be nearly unheard during our queer representation episode. <laughs> but like, it's fair. I also wonder how much of it is the writers kind of being aware of the fact that if they, explore the ethical ramifications of a lot of her decisions they're going to be left with an almost unlikable character yeah because I'm curious about that she's she's a manipulator she's an abuser almost any, anyone she has ever seduced with pheromones has been sexual assault yeah like I, yeah she she is deeply deeply problematic on a lot of levels and i don't think they want to step up and tackle those concepts because it will take her from a fun sexy plaything for comics and turn her into a very serious character that might not be at the end of it what they wanted her to be yeah but that would be awesome storytelling and they're cowards it would it would dc hire us honestly 
I would I would be very interested in working with a lot of better people for the job to help make yeah. Poison Ivy a better character. I would love to yeah. be in a writer's room for it. I should not be the lead. Agreed. I same. Yeah. But live action adaptations, we got more than you'd think. Ooh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yep. I think I know why. Uma Thurman played her in Batman and Robin. We love Uma. Mm-hmm. Claire Foley, Maggie Giha, and Peyton List all played her in Gotham. Yes, yes. And here's the funny thing. Peyton List was also a voice actor for her. Wow. Um, but it was child, like teenager, early 20s, and then adult. Yeah. Was that spread? Like Gotham, which started as a very grounded show, eventually got to the point where there was technology that could rapidly age people. And that's what happened to, and I think they did it because they realized, hey, we made a show about pre-Batman Gotham and made a lot of our favorite Batman characters kids and teens. Yeah. And I think toward the end when they were like, we should land this plane, but we want to land the plane with Batman, they realized that they <laughs> they got a little more comic booky to catch up. Yeah. And so those three all played her in that. And then Bridget... Regan and Nicole Kang have both played versions of the character in the Arrowverse. I think it's in Batgirl or Batwoman. I, I don't know which yes. is the TV show. Batwoman? Batgirl. Batgirl. In Batgirl, there was Poison Ivy, and then Bridget Regan played her, and then Nicole Kang played her like successor who took up the mantle of Poison Ivy. Yeah. Which the Arrowverse has gotten way more complicated than when I last watched it. I That is a pain to read. I never started it. I don't think I want to. I watched The Flash and Legends of Tomorrow and had a good time till I didn't. Fair enough. Caleb, are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah. It's time for... Super! Super, 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 super. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Not Super, where we talk about literally anything else. And it's not going to be kissing related either. Sorry, everybody. I know you wanted no more. I know kissing. you wanted more. We'll get there, buddy. But this week, I have a more important question. What? If you were in a platformer video game like Super Mario Land, what would your special mm-hmm. skills be? Like Luigi can double jump. Wario's like got a fatter ground pound. Like what would you do? I feel like I could just step off of most of the ledges. Because I'm very tall. The joke is that I'm tall, so I have long legs, so I can just step, step down instead of jumping. Or I can, or I can reach. I can just like touch the top of the flag. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You walk up to the flag and go doop. You are like slower and bumblier throughout the level, but you always guarantee that thousand points on the flag. Yeah, I like it. You yeah. get that one I up, get, baby. Yeah. I guarantee. I guarantee that. What I can't guarantee, I feel like the downside is that sometimes the jump button just don't work. <laughs> That's it. And it's not predictable. It's just like sometimes you hit the jump button and you're just like, well, okay. And and when you hit it and it doesn't work, you go, mm. <laughs> like, uh, I don't really know. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe some, maybe tomorrow. Maybe next time. Try again. Yes, no, I'm going to go back to bed. <laughs> I think mine would be that during water levels where you swim, I just walk in the water and my head's above water. 
and I can just kick yes. fish out of the way. Yes. But the other problem is that uh, sometimes I get stuck in the warp pipes. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. I just get stuck. Yeah. There's like one in every, there's like a one in 100 yeah. chance that it's just not going to happen. And then like a piranha peak punches me out and then eats me and you die. You lose. Yeah. But you get to one shot the water levels guaranteed. Man. Yeah. I would actually like that a lot because I hated the water They're levels. They're the worst ones. This is stressful. Put me in a it's cave stressful. all day. I hate water levels. Yes. <sighs> Except for Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, I stand by the fact that that is one of the best water levels of all time, even though people are like, it's so hard. It's I'm so like, it's hard. Good. The water temple? So good. I'm a whiny baby. Don't, don't. I don't like it. Hey, Cordell, do you think Poison Ivy, uh, po- po- poison ivy lives up to her potentials? No. Yeah, no. not even a like. like uh, there's so much left to be explored that I think it's kind of hard. They they don't explore any of the ethics of her. She's she's called an eco terrorist. That is her primary descriptor, not a villain, an eco terrorist. And she does absolutely nothing to try to defend this planet, other than occasionally killing a guy who litters or some junk. Yeah, it's it's kind of. Yeah, yeah. Also, they don't use her plant powers as much as they should. Agreed. What would you love to see for the, her? Yeah. You know what? You know what? Okay. I know we've talked about, like, let's explore the ethics. Just make a good movie version of her, please. Ooh. Just make, like, a good film version. Because, like, was Uma Thurman bad? Yeah. I mean, none, nothing in that movie, from what I've gathered, was technically good. Except. Ooh. Wax, Wax lips. lips. <laughs> I here's what I'm gonna say though. I would love to see like a good movie adaptation. It needs to be on par with the Joker in terms of really hammering home that this ain't a good character. Yeah, because the Joker yeah. spent the entire movie showing you every reason why this isn't a guy to be looked up to. And yeah. I think one, I think all Batman's rogues should either have the this person's more relatable than you think, or this person should not be looked up to. I think they should all fall somewhere on there. Yeah. But, like, her movie, if it gets into any of the stuff we've talked about, could be really, really potent and powerful while talking about a lot of deep subjects if they have the guts to do it. Yeah. What do you want to see? I mean, comics-wise, I would be happy just to see her actually do eco-terrorism. Yeah. Like like loot and plunder. Like loot and from plunder. Captain Planet yep. or any of the other villains any, from Captain Planet. Any of the eco villains from Captain Planet. Like if she like why isn't she like attacking oil rigs? There's so much yeah. that she could do that's like misguided ways to help the planet. And instead she's just some lackey in Gotham. Yeah. It's pretty lame. She's a genius. They don't use her. They don't use her goals. They don't use her ambitions. Like I want to see her. She could be a powerhouse, and they don't. Cordell, sing it. Are you ready? Sing it. Did the hero do this when duty called, or did I make it up? It's time for true or false. Now, Cordell probably edited it out. There was, but to be honest, to be open with you guys, there was at one point in the middle of this episode frantic typing. Because Cordell did use my original true or false as a cool moment for the character. What? What was it? The original true or false was Poison Ivy on more than one occasion has mind-controlled Superman despite his supposed immunity to mind control. 
Now we know that that is true. Also, that dude is so not immune to mind control. He gets mind controlled left and right. They need to strike that from his powers. It's wild. But to get into last week, uh, Drew told the answer last week. uh, But most of the people on Twitter got it right. A few people did get it wrong. Uh, Sarah Vowell, who voiced Violet on The Incredibles, that's it. She was not a prolific actor beforehand. However, she is a prolific novelist and has several really good books. And what was the answer to the week before? Because we don't know that one still. What was the week before? Hey, that's your job, not mine. I'm just here to get questions wrong and eat soup. Oh, dupe. 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 Uh, did dupe kill anyone with his powers or did he do it with his bare hands? Uh, yeah, he's only killed one person and he did it with his, like, he didn't do it with powers. He literally just grabbed an axe and chopped him up. Who'd he kill? Uh, it was just a random person that kind of ticked him off. Oh, that's a little boring. Yeah, it was just like randomly got ticked off and yeah, there it went. That's fair. That's fair. We've all been there. I mean, we've all we've all left a man for dead in the subway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, I left mine in the one on Ray Street in Cersei. It's like the perfect subway for leaving people for dead. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like any subway in a strip mall, they don't check those bathrooms. So this week, Poison Ivy had once created a piranha plant just because she was tired of dealing with Batman and wanted him to be eaten alive very slowly. Hmm. That's the exact kind of schlock they would do with her, but that's what makes it a convincing dupe as well. Um, false. Is Cordell right? Is Cordell wrong? He'll find out later on, but you guys will find out next week. Awesome. If you want to play along, get on that Twitter. We got a poll there. If you would like to write in, do so at justsuper616 at gmail.com. That's our email where we receive mail through the ease. If you would like to follow us on Twitter, you could follow us at justsuper616. Play along. Answer that true or false. If you want to follow Caleb on Twitter, I would... What's a good... Hmm. Caleb the Usurper, I guess, since you're back in the show. At awkward from 1997. And you could follow Cordell, the pushover, for letting him back in at Cordelicious. Thank you to the one and only Cordell Hutchison for editing this week's episode and the majority of the episodes before it. Thank you to the one and only Haley Northington, the, oh, that's not a good one, but we're going with it, the inconsolable for- Do you uh, have a random generator? Is that how you've been doing this? No, I just think of the first word that ends in a bowl that comes into my head. Um, I don't. That's uh, you've it. got a generator. Don't lie. Anyway, move on. No, I'm not. I don't. There's no generator. Uh, Haley Northington, the inconsolable for providing us with our podcast art we paid for at Goods and Services People. If you wanted to exchange goods for services uh, for her art because you like it so much, you can find it at littlelight97.redbubble.com. This show is produced by the two of us speaking to two different microphones in two different spaces. And a way that you can be super this week is... Let people have their own sovereign mind. Goodness gracious, it's not that hard to not brainwash people. And also, part of that is don't don't just try to change people's minds by forcing them to do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Don't, don't, don't. And don't use religion as a justification to do that. I think the overarching theme here is respect consent. 
uh-huh. and let people live their lives as long as they're not abusing others. Unless they're abusing street magicians. That's the only time it's okay. Go punch them. Go punch them. Goodbye. Bye.